Hello and welcome to Clean Beauty Asia's podcast. I'm your host, Ali Rook. This interview series is a collection of conversations with people who operate, support, and facilitate beauty brands doing business in Asia. My aim is to provide valuable insights and information to make your beauty brand's transition into Asia as smooth and successful as possible. This first series is dedicated to cross-border e-commerce in China, and I really hope you find it valuable. Thank you so much for listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome to my interview series. Today, we've got Herman Torado. He's the Managing Director of Geneticist e-commerce and focuses on supporting international brands using their unique data analysis model. Geneticist uses multiple sources of data to help shape strategies for e-commerce operations and digital marketing in China. So I'm really excited to have Herman here today. Thank you for joining me. Uh, Thank you, Ali. Thank you for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. I love the work that you do helping brands thrive in China. Thank you. So let's get straight into it. What led you to set up Genesis and what are the pain points that you're solving for brands? Well, I've been working over 15 years in China. I've seen the evolution of the e-commerce from the golden years uh, of profits for everyone to the current struggle to achieve the minimum survival KPIs for brands. I understand that expanding into a new territory is always difficult, but China's especially complex. They need a different set of abilities. So most of the brands before they rely on the local partners. Now things are a bit more complicated and the the brands are trying to take over some control of the operation. Now most of the international brands are suffering several pain points. One is the growing cost of the marketing. Uh, In the last four years, the cost of doing advertising and promotions in the e-commerce platforms has mm-hmm. multiplied by four. Mm-hmm. Also, we have very low conversion rates now in, yeah. in China e-commerce. There are more competitors, more target audience profiles, more consumer journeys to attend to. So things are getting very sophisticated. Mm-hmm. And also, there's a lot of unfocused promotions, a lack of loyalty because the decisions on what to communicate are taken without data. Most of the brands are doing blind investments right now, mm. and that lead them to, to very low efficiency rates. Mm-hmm. So I think that only a few distributors have evolved as fast as the Chinese market. Most of them are suffering. So the brands are trying to get more involved because they mm-hmm. know uh, the brand value is better than anyone. They need to help the distributors or take over themselves part of the activities in the expansion in the territory. So to help these brands um, doing properly, we, we think that they need technology so they can yes. limit the amount of resources they need to put in China. And they need technology that can work also overseas because the headquarters also want to be involved in these kind of decisions. So we, we decided to invest and it was a painful process of, of three and a half years working on a SaaS uh, mm-hmm. model plus added services of agency mm-hmm. that help the brands maximize the profitability and the return yeah. of investment. You know that most of the times in China or in the past, the, the brands were more focused on achieve higher number of sales. But in our opinion, and what we're seeing the last few years, it's about 
higher margin or bigger yes. profit. Profitable. Yeah. Not only number of, of sales if you're losing a lot of money. Mm, mm, absolutely. No, that's a really crucial point. I think with, you know, the rise of live streaming and this sort of excitement around that, but then, you know, when you look at most brands profitability on, especially on those large live streamers, it's very difficult to justify over a long period of time. And things like data as what the local market operators need and also as you said head office needs to be able to see those data points as well to know how their investments are working yeah. for them yeah. for a long time we've seen that the e-commerce platforms that are very powerful and, and mm-hmm. they have a lot of resources they've been pushing brands and partners into what they should care about that is the gmv the gross merchandise yeah. value and about the conversion rates but nobody was caring about the profits of the brand because mm. a few years ago, everyone could achieve the KPIs of profit. Now it's, it's more and more difficult. So now the brands find themselves alone trying to figure out how to keep their margins up in, mm. in an environment that is mainly pushing everyone to make discounts. Yeah. And as you said, those big operators, you know, Alibaba Group, Tencent, they have had so much power in terms of, you know, for beauty team or global for cross-border is the channel for beauty brands so it's that balance right as you said it's all about balance for the big e-commerce platforms or marketing platforms there is all blurry now the the limits Mm. i mean they do a great job because they have all the data and they know what they're doing they do a great job at defending their part they want of course to achieve more more gross merchandise value they they charge the commissions on that so it's fair that they try to Mm -hmm. do that so it's up to the brands to, to think about the profits and how to defend them. Mm-hmm. There was a misconception that the platform should care about your profits. It's not like that. They care about theirs. And their profits. <laughs> yeah. um, the brands need to, to take their decisions for themselves. Mm, absolutely. And, and also it becomes that much more complex with the partner structures. You know, as you said, uh, maybe traditionally brands go in with a distributor and now some choose trade partners. There's all these layers to the process which just eat away at those profits, but also everyone's priorities are that little bit different. So that makes it even more complex. So in terms of actually how the platform works, maybe tell us a little bit about that and you know anything specific to beauty as most of the audience are beauty brands. In our solution, we think about three main modules because it's very important for a brand to understand first everything that happens in their own operations, in their own stores, mm-hmm. every point of sale where they're placing one SKU is important for them to analyze what's going, going on in there. Mm-hmm. And that should be done, in our opinion, in multi platform and in real time. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of problems for the brands to get data in time. So they were receiving reports from the partners at the end of the month, mm-hmm. and they take one week, two weeks to crunch all the data in Excel uh, mm. from three or four platforms where they are. And they realize that they messed up or they did something right 45 days later. Yes, and that's an late. eternity in China. This yes. is far too long. Yeah. So we committed ourselves to do a solution that could be real time and could integrate all the data from e-commerce and social media in one place. That's what we are offering. 
Additionally, we believe that the brands need to check on the market and competitors. And for that, we have two points of view. We're studying the pricing tactics of the competitors and the communication tactics of them. So the brands can learn about what the direct competitors are doing right or wrong in terms of pricing strategy and discounts and communication concepts, what words are they using, colors, visual content, et cetera. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot in there for brands to unpack, right? That's, <laughs> maybe sure. let's have a look at the platform so people can sort of see. Maybe that's easier for them to understand. Sure. Let me tell you how it works. So here we have the first module that is about your own operations. Mm. And the brand can filter by any time, today, yesterday, uh, the month of January or the past year, you can see all the data about sales in multi-platform. Mm-hmm. And here we have Jindon and Timo, and we have up to 51 platforms connected to our system. Okay. So you will see when are you selling, by hour of the day or by day of the week, by category, mm-hmm. and by any of the filters that you may need. Your SKUs, your category of products, everything is here. Then we go a bit more deep into the analytics and we started to check concepts like average order value, average unit retail, conversion rates, sales per client, units per ticket. All these Mm -hmm. things are necessary to understand if what you're doing is right or wrong. So it's it's used in in two moments. One is at the beginning of strategy, but also when you need to fine tune the activities that you're doing. Mm. Uh, if you're doing a communication that you uh, plan to increase the items per ticket, here you can see if you're doing that or not in real time. Yes, right. Absolutely. It's very clear. Mm. Yes. Also, you have information about the customers and their behavior, geography, product ranked by any of the metrics, after sales, and of course, all the media view about the KPIs of the clients. Okay. So customer views and social media, where we can show everything that the brands are publishing in their own official accounts. Okay, so this is all linked to the brand, say the brand's Weibo, WeChat, Xiaohongshu, Little Red Book. It's all linked directly to their account, so you can it all feeds through here. Correct. In all operations, we connect to all the data that the brand uh, has access to. We yeah. connect through APIs, so it can, can be real-time, and can be, of, of course, flagship stores and official accounts on social media, or it can be from distributors or multiple stores if they agree to grant access to the data. Okay, we are to... connected to all the platforms, and when the yeah. brand authorizes us to gather the data for them and show it to them, uh, we can do that and put it here. Okay. Got it. Here we can see all the KPIs of WeChat, Weibo, Shahonshu. Mm-hmm. We also mm-hmm. have Toyin, everything in one place. So you can track all the efforts in uh, social media. Yeah. Okay, great. We also work on the content itself, not only the KPIs of the social media accounts. In there, we try to study what is right or wrong 
in our publications or in the brand's publication. So we're tracking all the KPIs of all the posts in the official accounts and checking the engagement of each one of them and deciding if, if we get right the words or the colors or yes. the visuals that we use for it. And then we have the second module that is about competitors. Yeah. It is a bit different because, of course, we don't have direct access to yes. all the competitors. Right? Mm. So it is data that we need to crawl, we need to get access in the different ways. It's not as accurate as the one that the brand has access in their own shop, of course. Still, in our philosophy, instead of going for big data or the information about the market, we try to go for direct competitors. When we limit the amount of data that we need to track, we can get more deep into the way of getting this data and we can be much more accurate. For example, through big data, you can only know the sales SKU, but with our system, we have ability of going deep and evaluating if the brands are giving an extra gift or an extra sample or is doing a bundle with different products. So the perception of the final consumer is going to be modified. That mm. is taken into account in our dashboards. Mm. There's something that you cannot find in big data simply because they go for millions and millions of SKUs. They don't have resources to go that deep. We limit the amount of SKUs we track for each brand and therefore we can do it much more in detail. Okay. Yeah. Average daily sales of the competitors and also the average price point of yeah. their basket of products. Yeah. Or they can go to the perspective of SKUs. They can track independent SKUs of each competitor and see if their pricing tactics are working for them or not. And are these, as you said, you're scraping the data. So is this only official channels or is this across, for example, Timor and Taobao? So it would include non-official stores. We're including a limited amount of shops because we don't want to track everything. Everyone. We do track okay. only the relevant shops. So of okay, course, fine. official stores, Timor supermarket, if it's B2B2C, we track the big ones. Yeah, got it. Of course, uh, the brands can select like subcategories and, and track specific SKUs and see how it's working for, for the competitors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Here we yeah. can see the, the price point in the period of time of 2020 and 2021 mm -hmm. and how it was more stable before now starting to go into much more yes. uh, discounts and be much yeah. more aggressive. Right? Yeah, very interesting. So at the end, we have the price points of uh, all the subcategories of beauty. Mm -hmm. And we include here the competition brands for each of our clients. And that's defined by the client, that you work with the client on those? Not those only, yes. Um, yeah. There are clients that they, they know very well who are, they competed with. In case that they have some problems to define that in China, we can yeah. help, of course. Mm -hmm. Of course. Yeah. Okay. And then... When we see that some of the competitors uh, are having success, but it's not because of the price points, it's not because uh, discount, as we can see here for Clinique or for Filorga, they're on mm -hmm. the top level of the uh, subcategory in price mm. positioning, and they're selling quite well. And we saw before it was not because of discounts or pricing tactics, so it must be a communication activity. And that we also track. We're tracking 
the efforts in official accounts of social media of all the competitors. And we measure how active they are in publications and how active their followers are in engagement. Okay. So yeah, we can study any of these brands and see if they're having success engaging with their followers and that is leading them to bigger sales. And that, as you said, was the official account. In terms of monitoring anything like KOL mentions or anything like that, is that included or is that something that would be That separate? is something that uh, we created an independent module um, okay. because we understand that when the brands knows already about their operations and they know what the competitors are doing officially, mm. it's the moment to go for activity. They need to... Yeah be able to to measure when they are doing some KOL or some activity outside of their official accounts, they need to measure how is it working. So for mm. that, we created a specific model. Okay. In here, you can also track the visual content and knowing what our competitors did right or wrong. Checking their uh, trends in words or in colors. Everything can be tracked and that helps a lot the communication teams of the brand mm, right? to understand yeah. when some other competitors did something great, they can uh, find it in here and try to study yes. what is the key of their success. Mm, yeah, no, that's great. Very easily accessible. Great. Fantastic. Yes. The idea is that the brand can do the whole cycle of being more and more efficient and fine-tuning all the tactics. Mm. In the insights module, they can learn what is going right or wrong, mm-hmm. and then they can go to the CRM, mm-hmm. they can use theirs, or they can yeah. use their, our solution, and they can tag a specific clusters and group of consumers as small as possible that has the same behavior, so they can create a communication mm. uh, that can be published only for them. And with that, you achieve accuracy in bringing into the shop or making them loyal to the brand. And you know who you're talking to specifically and where. Yeah, very powerful. It's a, it's a long way away from what a lot of brands are currently doing, which is basically doing it all blind or sort of well, having human, human sort yeah. of perspective Again, rather than data. Before, right? Yeah. Before, for the brands, they would say, okay, Let's do this kind of investment. Why? Because everyone's doing it. So we should do it too. Mm-hmm. And it was okay if the results uh, were good. When the results are not good, then everyone is, is having this question. Okay, maybe I, I should not do it just because everyone else is doing it, right? We need to think about who is the target audience and not only demographics. Nowadays, we need to think about psychographics and purchasing behavior and especially multi-platform. Because mm. we understood that the same consumer behaves differently in different platforms. And you as a consumer will feel upset if you don't get a 40% discount in 11.11 in Tmall. Yeah. But the next week, you're completely okay paying full price in another platform. Uh, mm-hmm. That's because it's not the moment of, of the discount. Right? Yeah. So that's why we try to show all the insights in multi-platform and, and by the behavior of each consumer. Yeah, makes sense. Great. Okay, come out of that. Yep. Okay, yeah, no, really interesting. 
So at what stage do you think brands are ready for this type of data solution? Do you think that they should look at it prior to market entry or do they need to be of a certain size? What, so what's the best fit, do you think? Well, I really think that it's as soon as they decide to get involved. That's the main issue. They need to want to be involved in the decisions. And only in that way, they can help the distributor or their own operation. So as soon as, as they take this decision, say, okay, I'm going to be involved to see what's going on. I'm going to help with my knowledge of the product or the brand values. Then it's the moment that they should uh, get this technology to be able to decide properly. Mm. I recommend to do it from the beginning because mm. if you have a good strategy from the beginning, it saves a lot of time and a lot of investment. Right? Mm. So it's a very good tool to decide what to do from the beginning. But there's no magic to it in China. Mm. Everyone's going to be wrong somehow at the beginning. Mm. So for me, it's not only having a good strategy from the beginning, it's having the ability of fine-tuning, modifying or learning in real time about everything yeah. you do. So you can shorten the, the, the time that you spend in, in, in this learning process. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, I often talk on here about China speed. And I think that's a real pain point for brands because even if they have a collaborative relationship with their China partner, even if they have an office in China, there is that lag between head office and China. And A, there's the data issue of how long it takes to collect it, but not just that. It's about making those decisions really quickly. And, and it's always easier for senior management in the US or wherever to make a decision based on data. And if they can see it right in front of them, I think that makes a big difference to how quickly they can take that decision. And ultimately that means probably make or break of that particular activity, right? Because it has to be done quickly. Absolutely. So yeah, for me, it's more about having, having the chance and the ability in-house of knowing when things are going right and this moment of reinvesting and getting as much profit as you can for this kind of activity or idea mm. and having the, the bleeding. When you're doing something and it was wrong, you need to wait one week, two weeks or one month that is going to, to be the campaign to realize that if you know it in the mm. first few days and you are able to, to cut it, modify and launch the game, you save a lot of uh, money uh, mm. there. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so what would be the challenges for a model like this in terms of from the brand side and also maybe from your side and collecting the data? Are there any issues around that? There are a lot of issues. <laughs> Firstly, is that in China, 97% of the sales are done in platforms, yeah. uh, not on websites that like we are using mm -hmm. in Western countries. Uh, and that makes it a bit more complex to, to have access to the data. Mm -hmm. Most of the brands, if they don't have a certain size, they cannot even get the data from the platforms about their own sales. Yeah. And they cannot have an API or real-time data on it. That's mm -hmm. why the data partners like us, we mm. have this ability. It's a big help for them, even if they're small. But even so, we can have access to data when the brand owns these operations or at least the owner of the multi-brand shop or the flagship store grant this access uh, to the brand and authorize us. But most of the problems uh, are coming when we're talking about supermarkets or 
some other stores where there's no access to data. Hmm. So in that case, we can get it. It's just the accuracy is not going to be so great. We, we can go from 99 to 90, 85% accuracy. Uh, but still, it is, it is a big help to know mm-hmm. what's going on in these channels. Mm. So far, we are pre-connected to 51 e-commerce and social media platforms. So mm-hmm. we're covering most of the needs uh, mm-hmm. of the brands in China. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are launching in the next quarter uh, capabilities outside of China with Amazon, Lazada, Shopee, and Magento and Shopify to, to include okay. also on websites. Also, we are testing successfully over six months offline. Okay. So brands can see already in, in our system, their offline shops in, in terms of traffic data, in terms of sales data, if they put the right sensors and the, and the right software in there. Okay. So that's with standalone stores. So brands that have their own stores rather than multi-brand. The difference is for online, we are pre-connected. And in yeah. three, four days, it's good to go. For offline, we need to, to think about integrations depending on the software that each brand is using. Yeah. Okay. Great. Well, I think it's, a, as I said already, I think it's a really interesting model for either brands as they're coming in to put together their strategies. And obviously, once you're in the market, I think your point about when the brands want to get involved is a really good one because, you know, some brands, they want a distributor and they want to be fairly hands off. And then this is, not the right fit, but increasingly brands want to know what's going on because they're spending so much money in the market. So they really need to have that to justify to their stakeholders. So I think it's a really great way to do that. So in terms of people getting in touch with you, Herman, is the best way on LinkedIn? Absolutely. LinkedIn, we are Genesis e-commerce. Yeah. And of course can access my personal account and contact for anything they want. Happy to solve any kind of questions about the solution and about how we can help brands to, to do it a bit more efficient in yeah. China. Yeah, great. Well, I'll put all those details below for everyone. And thank you very much. Thanks to you, Ali. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode of Clean Beauty Asia, the podcast with me, Ali Rook. I hope you found the content useful with tips and tricks and takeaways that can really help you move your China journey forward. I always like to hear from my listeners, so please join me on LinkedIn, Ali Rook, or Instagram, Clean Beauty Asia, and I'll be very happy to talk to you more. Thanks again for listening. See you next week.